You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, The AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. Presented by Maria Menunos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Sherlock After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Sherlock After Show. Hey there, Sherlock fans, locksters, lockheads, everybody in between. Uh, welcome back to the Sherlock After Show here on AfterBuzz TV. We're doing Season 2, Episode 3, The Reichenbach Fall. I am Matt Lieberman. Joining me, as always, a fantastic and talented Miss Yell Teagle. Hello, everyone. Fantastic and talented Miss Marissa Serafini. What's up, guys? Uh, unfortunately, Megan Salinas can't join us today. She's a little sick, a little under the weather, but we miss her and we, we wish do. her well. Send her some uh, some lovely uh, get well notices at the Menguin on Twitter. Uh, wish she was here to talk about this great episode with us. Now, man, I I hadn't watched this one in a while, mm-hmm. you know, because it's just it's too much. Yeah, it's the same reason, and I know we bring up Doctor Who a lot, but it's the same reason why I can't watch a lot of regenerations over and over. It's oh, too yeah. painful to watch him die, even though we know that he's coming back. We know that he's alive, right? And that's not a spoiler, people, because there's a third season. How could there be a third season without Sherlock? So it's also it's also known that Sherlock fakes his own death a bunch. That's right. like a thing that happens. Is that that's just a thing with Sherlock? Yeah, yeah. Um, but really, really epic. And honestly, watching it back, it's so dramatically different tonally and, and in terms of how they, how they tell the story than I think any other episode we've had mm-hmm. where it's the mystery isn't one that, that Sherlock is trying to solve. It's what's happening around him and realizing the, the trap and how perfect it is that he has been, he's been placed in. It's watching these two warring minds go at each other, but a lot of that war is inside their own heads. Yeah, it's a lot less, uh, let's figure out how this is happening, more let's figure out what to do about what's happening. Right, or just what is happening. Yeah. And then by the time we realize that, you know, the trap has been set and that the net is coming down, we have no idea, and honestly, Sherlock has no idea if he's going to be able to get out from under it. Mm -hmm. And then ultimately, we have this very tragic ending. Yeah. um, That, you know, as happy as I am that the series is going on, it would have been like a horrifying, but, you know, very very fitting end it's oh. it's such a good episode that i could e- see ending the series on it yeah it could definitely i remember watching it going like wow like that's that's how you end a series mm-hmm. uh and then you don't even better exactly what do you think Mar- marissa and, and and also because sir conan doyle you know uh when he wrote uh, when he killed off Sherlock and, you know, there was an uproar from his fans and even his wife wouldn't even, even speak to him because she was furious that why would you kill such an iconic character? And I know, you know, with TV, you know, that makes a good cliffhanger ending or whatever. If you're going to end a series, you know, kill your main dude. Mm-hmm. But, uh, at, like, I liked how they played upon, the, uh, you know, the original story and how they just touched upon that. 
And you know, it was it was fun because we know he lives. He's Sherlock. And then yeah. even at the end of it, you know, there was the reveal that you know he's still alive. He's just, now it, it built the question like, how did he survive? Which we will eventually find out. You know? Yeah, right in season three. Um, so I want to take it all the way back to the top, and we'll go go top to bottom. So you know, over the course of this season, a lot of what we've been seeing is that Sherlock's profile is visibly rising. Mm-hmm. He's had a lot of high profile cases. There's the iconic picture with the deer stalking hat that's been just haunting him this whole season. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, the cases are getting bigger, and we see this you know the Reichenbach Falls painting uh, that he recovered, and a bunch of other high profile cases. Everyone in Britain is clamoring for more Sherlock Holmes. He's a hit. Mm-hmm. He's a media darling as much as he would hate the fact that that's what he is. He oh, hates yeah. the term. He hates the media. Um, but and I, I like the interesting turn on how, because Watson was the one who was putting uh, Sherlock's name out there with his blog, and then that became a thing, and now like Sherlock's becoming a reputable name, and his name's getting out there, and people know him. He's become a celebrity. And now I'm like... Watson's taking a turn that it's like you better dial it down. Yeah. yeah. You have to be careful. You know, you're part of the public eye now. You're part of pop culture. Mm-hmm. There are kids out there who are probably playing at Sherlock Holmes mysteries. Yeah. Like you, you're no longer an island. You're part of society, which, you know, Sherlock obviously rails against and doesn't understand the importance of other people's perception or, or rather just like denies that it's important to him. Well, it's really interesting how in the first uh, season, you know, he's told in the first episode, you're getting fans, you're being noticed. Yeah. And now it's like, not just are you getting fans, there are fan clubs, you are 100% noticed, everyone knows who you are. Yeah. It's just really interesting to see the like growth of that. And it's pretty rapid. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's, they've only been solving mysteries together for, you know, a year or so. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the bigger the cases get, the more acclaim that he gets and the more that people want more and want to know more about him. Uh, Set against this, we also have the aftermath of at the end of last episode, Moriarty is set free Mm -hmm. and he stages this elaborate break-in at multiple locations um, at the the Tower of London, Bank of England, Pentonville Prison, Mm -hmm. all at the same time through this miraculous app that he's working with. The coolest looking app ever. I know. With animated icons, I want one. Yeah. Whoever designed his app right? needs to be brought to the Silicon Valley and design all of the apps. All the apps. All the <laughs> logos. I want that. Yeah. I want, when I click on Safari, I want the little dial to spin before it opens. I yeah. think that that's rad. Uh, but he, you know, he very efficiently dispatches all the other people in the room he's alone with the uh, with the crown jewels and he's dancing to the blue danube and it's this beautiful little sequence open the show up on that <laughs> i know oh it's such a great piece of music and he puts a sticks a diamond to to His gum yeah so uh gross. so gross to the glass writes his message get sherlock pow with the ex- fire extinguisher um and they find him sitting there Dressed in the crown jewels like a proper dandy. Like, what took you so long? Uh, and then, you know, he's, he's, he's brought to prison and there's this whole uproar. The greatest crime in English history. And uh, Sherlock Holmes is going to be the key witness. Mm-hmm. And everyone's biting their nails, waiting in anticipation for what Sherlock could possibly say. And, you know, John is just trying to get Sherlock to not be himself. There's a few times in this episode where Sherlock's getting the point that people don't want him to be himself. Yeah. 
uh, now that he's so visible publicly, mm-hmm. it's kind of a detractor. Um, and we get this great scene in the bathroom. I find, uh, sorry, I, I find that very interesting why, I mean, yes, Sherlock, you don't want to say the, the wrong things, especially in serious cases like this, but when you really want to put a psychopath as Moriarty is away, you're going to want to use all of and utilize all of Sherlock's abilities to, you know, secure his prison, his imprisonment, you know? Well, his abilities, but not his personality. Yeah, you don't want to turn off the jury. That's right. the issue. Yeah. Is that he'll be true. able to tell them, here are all the issues, here's all the reasons why he's messed up, Yeah, here's why he's terrible and we need to lock him up, but... The way he's going to present it, no matter what, if he's being himself, they're not going to hear all of what they're, he's saying. Yeah. Yeah, it's right. it's his disdain for people who can't think as, as quickly as him, with mm-hmm. the exception of Watson and uh, and Mrs. Hudson. Mm-hmm. His utter disdain for people is what is ultimately, you know, the sword that cuts him down in this episode. Yeah. Because it causes all of those people to prefer a lie that proves that he wasn't smarter than them mm-hmm. than to actually face the truth and accept that there's this almost, you know, godlike intelligence living among us and proving us wrong. Yeah. And there's nothing we can do about it. No one wants to feel small. No one wants to feel small. And in a world where there is Sherlock Holmes, we are all smaller than him. Mm-hmm. Except for Mycroft. Except for perhaps Mycroft. <laughs> Mycroft would certainly think he's bigger. I think Sherlock will agree. Yeah. Um, so we, he steps into the bathroom before the trial and there's this seemingly fangirl there, mm-hmm. uh, Miss Kitty Riley, who's all decked out in like, I heart Sherlock stuff and is aggressively hitting on him, uh, just as an attempt to, you know, see if he's as good as people say. Yeah. Because she wants not just the inside line, but she wants to be able to be Sherlock's press person, his private person in the press who will come out who will help him uh who if he needs something done in the newspapers she'll take care of it mm-hmm. but she's going about it in this very deceptive very aggressive way and it's a huge turn off to sherlock mm-hmm. now it says you repel me i know but the, the, the oh, cold. I, it's so cold it's ice cold and the first time i watched it even i'm just like oh man you don't want to do that you don't want to be that brutal because like you've just you've just made an enemy there yeah and and an enemy who who is a journalist. Yeah. She works in press. That is her job. That's her job. And yeah. it, it also shows, you know, uh, Sherlock's bad personality because if even, yes, she was a journalist, but if she was actually just a true super fan and Sherlock treats everyone like that who, like, revere him, mm-hmm. then, you know, that's a big turnoff. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. This is someone who's coming to you as a fan, as someone who wants to help you. Mm-hmm. She wants to offer you help. Now, granted, you may think that she's not capable of, you know, the kind of help that you'd really you'd really want. But having an ally, even one that's not the greatest, mm-hmm. is better than having an enemy. And And his own just pomposity and repelling her in that way really leads to his downfall. Yeah. It's sad. It's sad because he's, he's hoisted by his own petard, you know. Um, so he, he pushes her away and he goes in and he gives this testimony and 
He's, you know, he's being dry at first. He's trying not to be a complete jerk, but then he's interrupting the lawyer. He's like trying to. He's correcting the lawyer. He's correcting the lawyer. He knows that he knows they're going to ask how long you've known him. Yeah. And he knows that that is the dumbest question you can ask because, yes, he's an expert. But the answer to someone who doesn't understand. Yeah. It's going. He understands that concept, which is really extra interesting because. He doesn't understand human interaction, but he does understand that if he says, I'm an expert after five minutes, he understands that normal people would see that as. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. As, as crazy or just as at the very least as weak. Yeah. You know, and I'm wondering why didn't this prosecutor have a pre-interview with Sherlock and mm-hmm. go over the answers? Yeah. I feel like that's standard procedure as far as lawyers go. Maybe in U.S. courts. Maybe. Maybe it's ma- different. Maybe it's different. You're right. But at the very least... It kind of backfires. He insults everyone mm-hmm. on uh, on the jury. He outs the, an affair between the two of them, or between two of them, mm-hmm. um, and and frankly pisses everyone off in the process. Uh, but then Moriarty has no defense, no defense whatsoever. Um, I loved uh, that they both got locked up together in that shot of the two of them with just a tiny little sliver of a wall mm-hmm. separating them, and just like. Both of them are almost like vibrating with energy. Like there's this uh, incredible tension. Yeah. It's a beautiful scene mm-hmm. for that split second. It's beautifully shot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're waiting for this verdict. And then he's released. Of course. Of course he's released. Um, I'm not sure if we passed it right. I love the use of Run with the Devil. There was a lot of great music uh, in this episode mm-hmm. um, in the whole trial section. The, the use of Run With The Devil was great. Uh, he's released, shocker, because he uh, he got to all of the jury through their closed-circuit televisions yeah. in their hotel rooms, and he goes immediately to Baker Street. And Sherlock knows, oh, he's been released? I should make tea. He's, I should make tea. He's coming over. He's definitely coming over for tea. And I love this shot as he opens the door and his shadow envelops everything it just slides into the room Mm -hmm. and covers everything in darkness and there's just this looming foreboding of what's about to come it's such a this episode was just beautifully shot Mm -hmm. and it isn't the the words popping up like we're used to it was just a beautifully shot episode yes from from start to finish and yeah and we'll eventually get to it but i felt like the the whole conversation between sherlock and uh, Moriarty uh, during the scene was amazing because you could see the the positions of where they were with the ca- the low camera angles. Like Moriarty was above Sherlock at this point, and just the use of that camera work was uh, helped tell the story as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it, it definitely it made them both look like titans in the room. It gave them weight. It gave them size. These are men at the top of their game mm-hmm. who the their game is is beating each other. Yeah. And um I love this, you know, the final problem. The final problem, which if, you know, you uh, uh, for the Sherlock fans out there who knows this story, this episode is based off of the short story The Final Problem, which uh the, all of the Sir Arthur Conan Doyle stories are are available online, right? They're all pub- public domain. Yeah, they're they're all available okay. online. You can read them. Great. I'll have to read the final problem mm-hmm. then, won't I? Um, but uh, yeah, and uh, well, uh, going back to the courtroom, not to like backtrack. No, go ahead, please. But um, there was a line when Sherlock was describing Moriarty, and he said he he's not a man; he's a spider who has all these webs and whatnot. That's like a direct quote from the 
final problem story. Oh, that great. explains why it was so eloquent. Yeah. It yeah. was just like beautiful. Beautiful imagery. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They they took that from the story. So I, I like that part. Nice. Yeah. Well, he's sitting there and he's 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 got this apple. He takes a bite out of it and then he's just scratching away at it. And he's talking about how he owes Sherlock. I owe you. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and just like the the tension watching the two of them speak is just it's just absolutely thick as hell. And, you know, he leaves and we've got a lot of questions. You know, uh he he's definitely at this point we don't know that the program is a fake and the the we start focusing on okay, he's got this this line of computer code that's the most important thing. It didn't matter. You know, he asks him, why, why did I break into all these places and not take anything? It's because it was an advertisement to the right. criminals of the world. I have a key code that can get you into any building, anywhere, at any time. I am power. I am security. I am crime. It's brilliant. I, I remember the first time I watched this episode. Okay. And I remember thinking, there is no possible, it's impossible that there is some sort of program that can break into everywhere. That's not scientifically possible yet. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I bought it. I bought it when I saw it. What did, what did you think, Marissa? I, you know, I it, it was hard to believe, but just because you don't believe it doesn't mean it's not possible because it hasn't happened yet. But the thing is that, that Sherlock is so brilliant. And if Sherlock believes this is, like, and he believes Moriarty when Moriarty says this is possible and Sherlock believes it, it makes the audience believe that this is possible. So, you know, they mess with us in that sense. Well, mm-hmm. Sherlock believes it because he's seen, he's seen it in action. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, and I just, I remember thinking, Maybe you can break into everywhere in England. Maybe those are all on the same wavelength or system or whatever. But there's no, it just, in my head, I could not believe that this was what he had. Well, here's, here's why I think Sherlock buys it and maybe why some of the audience bought into it very readily is that Moriarty is operating as if it is the real deal. He's talking to Sherlock if it is the real deal. Sherlock must assume that he's, if he was able to break into all three of these places at the same time, mm-hmm. that this must exist and therefore is far more important than anything else. The, the amazing thing here is how well Moriarty is playing Sherlock's intellect against him, his deductive reasoning against him. Mm-hmm. He's thought out everything that Sherlock would think about everything that he was going to do or had done in the past and was able to build a convincing scenario that would cause Sherlock to out Sherlock himself and go for the clever answer Mm -hmm. because he wants life to be more interesting than it really is. Yeah. And a world where where, uh, Moriarty has this thing is far, far more interesting than Moriarty simply paying people off to let him into these places. Fair enough. Um, so they have this face to face and just as soon as he's there, uh, Moriarty's gone and we don't hear from him for two months. Well, there was one sentence that you skipped over. Please remind me. Uh, it was that every fairy tale needs a good villain. A good villain. Ooh. Mm. And he's not talking about himself there. He's talking about Sherlock. Is he? I think he is. I think he was giving him a... I was, think we find out later. Ooh. And and there was a, another important line. Falling is just like flying, but a more permanent destination. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
And again, more foreshadowing. Yeah, that conversation was just so important and full of so much information all at once that you're not sure what you need to hold on to. Yeah. Hold on to everything. Yeah, it was, yeah. it's, that's like classic Gatiss and Moffat and it's brilliant. Yeah. I love it. Beautiful scene. Uh, and then just as quickly he disappears. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, even before we have this kidnapping, uh, John is summoned to uh, meet with Mycroft at this club, and we've got all these very old, very proper British men reading in this stuffy room, and it's just dead quiet. And I felt so bad for this old guy who thought he was having a heart attack when John wouldn't stop talking, <laughs> and he's just pounding his cane, and he's, like, afraid almost. Yeah. And I'm like, what? what? Who is this guy? What is his life? What an odd reaction to somebody disrupting this tradition. Yeah. He was like almost terrified because I'm sure in like the 50 some odd years he's been a member of this club, you know, since he earned his way in, no one has ever spoken. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and we have these guys come in and they've got like the, uh, the foot bags, like the protective gloves and the gloves for the feet. And we're like, oh man, is John about to get capped? Like, is this Moriarty? And then no, of course it's Mycroft. It's Mycroft. Um, and he's being glib as usual. And he's talking about how uh, they have some new neighbors on Baker Street. Mm-hmm. Four world-class killers all on their block. And uh, these assassins obviously are, are there because of, because of Moriarty. For some reason, we don't entirely know why. And then we ha- is the first time we interact with one of them before or after the, the kidnapping case. I'm sorry. It's all kind of blending together. It was during. During the kidnapping case. I believe. Okay. Or so, no, it was immediately after. Right. Uh, maybe. Uh, 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 uh. Uh, yeah. But before we get to the kidnapping case, um, what's really interesting about this interaction with Mycroft and uh, Watson is that yeah. Mycroft is like, I need you to, I need you to really be careful and watch out for him because we're not talking right, right. now. And it's also, it's what he's not saying, what we find out later, and that yeah. this situation is largely his fault. Right. Darn it, Mycroft. Damn it, Mycroft. You know, like, just take care of your brother first, buddy. Yeah. What? I mean, you're going to reveal personal information. We're going to get to that. Yeah. I'm furious with him, and I don't know how we ever forgave him in the third season. Uh, but in any case, we've got this kidnapping, uh, the ambassador to the USA uh, his children have been kidnapped um, from their private school at the end of term, and only Sherlock can figure out the case. Um, first, however, when Watson arrives at home, there's this envelope filled with breadcrumbs. Mm-hmm. And for a hot second, Creepy. I'm like, I'm like watching. I'm like anthrax. I'm like, what is this? Yeah. Sand, oh, dude. If that was anthrax with that much, he'd he. He'd be dead in an yeah. instant, really. Well, I'm like, he's got, he opens this envelope and he doesn't tell anyone about and it. And puts it in his pocket. Puts it in his pocket. It could infect everybody. Uh, what year was this? Season two? Season two, uh, I want to say 2011. 2011. Yeah. Okay. All yeah. right. Fair enough. Late 2011 or um, something like that. And uh, yeah, he just puts it in his pocket, goes on his merry way. And they investigate at the school. We get this great sequence where this kid, you know, he, he knows about detective novels mm-hmm. and he comes up with this novel kind of kid. Yeah. This great, uh, this great trick with the grapeseed oil covering, uh, his footprints and the captor's footprints mm-hmm. in this oil, leading them to a trail, showing them how they escaped and then being able smart to smart kid, smart yeah. kid. 
I mean, you I gotta mean, give this kid think, some credit. Would you think of that if you were put in that situation? Probably not. No. Uh, I'm gonna be honest. I watch a, a lot of uh, Law and Order. Okay. Law okay. So, so a lot of things like that come to mind okay. when I think I'm gonna get I mean, in trouble. Okay. Maybe you would have done it, but the convenience to have something there to help you do that. Right. That right. I don't have. Yeah. There you go. Um, so they start getting these samples, and uh, Donovan, we get the first little uh, little pricklings of like, that's amazing. It's almost impossible. Mm-hmm. Hmm. You know, and she's been on Sherlock's case since the beginning. She says to John, exactly. remember yeah. what I said to you the first time we met? Mm-hmm. One day it won't be enough. Yeah. And uh, Sherlock's testing these samples with Molly. He stops mm-hmm. her from going out. He's like, you should probably never date again because <sighs> all your boyfriends are serial killers. That scene was so hard. I hate how he treats her. I hate it. I really just... Avoid all future attempts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want these crazy kids to get together already because, damn it, you know, she's put up with a lot of crap. I want Molly and Greg together. Well, Molly and Greg together would be, you know, happier, but less fireworks, perhaps. Um, and Greg's still married. Whatever. They're separated. Married. <laughs> um, Whatever. Yeah. So he's testing these samples, and we got, um, you know, four things that we know, a fifth that we don't. And then we see a new version of uh, our visuals where we get Sherlock with this kind of heads-up display of a map with all these brick factories, mm-hmm. they finally figure out where it is and what's happening to these kids. It's another uh, mention of his homeless network. Yes. That they are faster than the police can be. It's true. Well, there's, I mean, there's a lot of homeless right. people. Uh, but it was just another mention of this amazing homeless network that he uses. Mm-hmm. Right. And I liked how they showed it. It wasn't really the, the flying words. It was the, the different locations all in one map, but just going to different points. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was pretty neat how they showed that. Yeah. And images kept uh, coming up, which kind of reminded me of like Google Maps mm-hmm. and the, the five elements to lead to one place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's very it was, nice. It was really nice. And then we got uh, there was Hansel and Gretel. We had the book that was left at the scene of the crime. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, with the same seal. Yeah, with the same seal as the breadcrumbs. And uh, they figure out, oh, it's uh, it's the stuff that's used in the making of chocolate. And they've got these lead lined or mercury lined wrappers. Mm-hmm. So the more the kids eat, the more poison they are. And it's a race against time. They get they get the kids finally safely. Thank goodness. Um, Those and, kids were just ravaging on that. <laughs> oh yeah, I, like, they were starving. Was, it was really creepy how they shot that. Yeah, it was kind of concerning. How fast they were eating the chocolate? Yeah, that yeah. the kids were like scarfing this chocolate down like they'd never eaten before. Maybe they haven't. <laughs> maybe that's the subplot that we weren't meant to see. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna really quickly talk about iTunes before we move on. I was gonna ask you. When I you know were it's get been a that. while. Usually I do it. I do it soon. Don't skip. I could see you trying to skip and you didn't. You might have already done it. In which case, damn you. But if you didn't, good job. <laughs> Because here's the thing, folks. Uh, I say it every time, but it's only because it's the truth and it's relevant. Uh, you know, we heard After Buzz TV. We put out over 68 hours of content a week. It's a crazy, crazy amount of free, free content that you can stream, you can download, you can watch, you can listen to anywhere that you want. And frankly, you know, we need a little something back. We need a little something, something. You know, you get all this stuff for free. You know, like, hey, man, you know, you, oh, you got some free podcasts. Oh, you listen to them all the time. We come into your life. You know, you're coming into ours. It's an exchange. It's a transaction. I don't want it to sound so cold. It's more beautiful than that. It's love. It's real love. It's true love. 
And uh, we had issued a challenge mm-hmm. uh, to our to our listeners to get us to seventy five uh, ratings on iTunes before w- the end of the run. What would they get if we got 75? if we got seventy five ratings? I would do everything in my power to make sure that we have an interview with Mark Gatiss or Stephen Moffat or one of the stars of the show uh, for next season when it comes out. And I still intend to keep that promise. We are currently at sixty five ratings oh it's where we were yesterday we're 10 short but i'm willing to extend the deadline wow from it because it was supposed to be by today and this drops tomorrow extend the deadline to the end of the week if you can get us to 75 before friday you know pacific time here friday friday february 20 no friday march 1st by the by march 1st i'll Uh, even give you the whole day on march 1st 1st. what saturday's march 1st is tomorrow is what's tomorrow Tomorrow's the 27th? Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, fine. L- look at a calendar. Fine. Friend. By the time the clock strikes midnight, March 1st, 75 ratings, and I will do, I will exhaust every contact. I will starve myself if necessary. We're going to make this happen. So get on the iTunes, slap us with a rating. It really means the world because, frankly, it's the best way for our bosses to know that not only are we doing a great job, but that the audience is interested in what we're doing and that they're connecting with us and they're connecting with us and how we talk about the show. So, thank you for your help. It means a lot. Okay. So, uh, we've got these kids, and Sherlock goes in to interview them, and the little girl just starts screaming her head off. Yeah. Uh, as if she knows Sherlock. She's never met him before. How is this possible? Um, and a seed starts to get planted in Sally Donovan's mind. The the seed was planted. The seed just happened to start blooming. Yeah, fine. Some drops of water yeah. hit the seed. And just stuff went off. I had a question. Sure. Why did Sherlock need to interview this little girl? He needed to get information about who kidnapped her. So the police had already interviewed her. Right. He didn't watch that interview. No. He he wanted to. I mean, it was I, maybe it was an ego thing. Maybe it was a, I can figure this I, out. And in the, right before they let Sherlock in, they said, "Okay, the prof- the professionals are done. Let the amateurs go in now." And so the, even before Sherlock got to even try to interview the little girl, they were already looking down upon Sherlock, which they usually do. Right, right. But there was just their, another jab at Sherlock before they even had that seeded out. Oh, this Sherlock could have been part of it. Well, you know, you, you raise a fair point. He did not have to. There was nothing that was forcing him to interview her. It was just part of, you know, solving the case, due diligence. Okay. Yeah. But, I mean, if he had any sense, and this actually kind of goes towards um, the question of how much of Moriarty's scheme was he aware of before the noose started tightening. Mm-hmm. And I feel like at this point he still had no idea. Yeah. He didn't know... Uh, necessarily that he was coming after him in this fashion, planting the seed of doubt. Um, I'm sure as soon as the girl starts screaming yeah. at him, he realized something is very, very wrong. I agree that and, that was the moment. Right. So it's it's necessary from a storytelling standpoint. He didn't necessarily have to talk to her, but because he did, he figured out what was going on mm-hmm. in time to start working, spinning the wheels and figuring out how do I get out of this. In the meantime, Kitty Riley is poised to... Uh, to divulge all of the secrets of Sherlock's private life, supposedly, Mm -hmm. uh, in this tell-all piece, thanks to someone named Richard Brooke. And the name also sticks in Sherlock's mind. Now, with these two things in place, he goes back to Baker Street 
to puzzle it out while Donovan starts spinning, spinning the wheels and getting other people on, in the police community on her side that Sherlock could very well have been the person who committed these crimes, potentially all of them. And as she's doing this, Sherlock is in a taxi cab, which happens to play some video with Moriarty explaining what is happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just, I love, I, I just, I love uh, Andrew Scott's performance. Just not just in this episode, but overall, his Moriarty is so unhinged and has so many layers. And the way that he plays him, I feel changes every episode, but still very much fits in with who he is. Are you going to do a Moriarty impression? I can't. I don't even want to try because I'm not great. It was so great the first time you did it. Oh, uh, I am so changeable. <laughs> I mean, I can do the I can do the grand one. It's hard for me to do the subtle one. Maybe if I rewatch it, I could do a better one. Who needs a subtle one? Yeah, I guess that's true. Uh, he stresses his words, which makes it makes yeah. him as a character a little bit more maniacal. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm an actor. I, I, I'm, I'm 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 on children's programs. I was on. I don't, I don't know what program he said he was it on. It was a storyteller. I'm the storyteller. Yeah, I'm the storyteller. Look, look, I'm the storyteller. It's a terrible impression. No, it's I don't terrible. Know why you're, it was you're great before. It was right, really fine. great the first time. Well, this is the law of diminishing returns. <laughs> you can't you can't keep doing it. It's not going to be great. So, um, John gets back to Baker Street. Sherlock fills him in on what's going on. That's when we meet the first, uh, the The first first assassin assassin who saves his life, mm -hmm. shakes his hand, and and gets shot. Blown away. Damn. Okay. Uh, and we start to sense that something is, is amiss with Mm -hmm. these, uh, with these assassins. And, uh, you know, he and Watson trying to figure out what to do when Scotland Yard comes calling greg comes to the door and sherlock immediately is like no it's like i haven't even asked the question yet it's like no i'm not coming i'm not coming to scotland yard um you know this is all part of his plan he wants to discredit me you know first it's just a seed of doubt then it's a photo of me getting pulled into scotland yard for questioning and then Mm -hmm. it's all over you can't kill an idea an idea is forever an idea is immortal and um unfortunately Greg is overruled by the chief of police, mm-hmm. head of Scotland Yard, who's furious that Sherlock's had this level of access in the first place. I can't believe that he never had any idea what was going on under his nose. Yeah. And the guy's just a dick. But you know, they, they made another point when Sherlock went into, uh, went to interrogate the kids before, that they, that they let this novice detective with, have access to 30 to different, 30 to 40 different cases, so... You know, they added that, like, Sherlock has has had that access to do all this. So me, that also added to that seed of doubt that, you know, he, he knows information that people that shouldn't. That he shouldn't have. Yeah. He should not have under any circumstances. It's, yeah. a, it's, a major, it's a major betrayal of, you know, police protocol. And it's both Donovan and Anderson are both there being like, mm-hmm. Sherlock. Yeah. Mwah. Being little douches. Yeah. I hate them. Like snotty little brothers. Yeah. Little brother and sister. Yeah. They're just mad still that Sherlock found out about their affair in season one. Yeah. Yeah. And they've been waiting forever to get back at him. And finally they have an excuse. Yeah. And it actually fits. And <laughs> Sherlock gets the cuffs put on him. And it seems like it's all the end. And then... Uh, and John punches... Uh, the chief of police in yeah. the face. <laughs> Which he deserved. Mm-hmm. Big old yeah. sock in the jaw. And uh, they're stuck there in handcuffs when all of a sudden Sherlock pulls a gun. He grabs a gun from yeah. one of the police officers. He starts shooting in the air. 
They they make a daring escape. Because Watson is a, a hostage. He's a hostage. He's a hostage. He's, he's a hostage. He's my hostage. That works. Yep, that works. He's a hostage. Don't let me kill my hostage. Yeah. Run, 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 run. Um, and then Sherlock uses this opportunity to leverage uh, what's going on with uh, with these assassins. Mm-hmm. Gets one of them to save them. And then is trying to get information. Um, apparently, Moriarty has told all these assassins that he has the code, this magic code that gets you into anywhere. Mm-hmm. He's been watching Baker Street. He's got cameras hidden in there. They find the camera. The dust line. Dust is eloquent. Mm-hmm. I love that line. Yeah. Um, and uh, They go to Kitty's place. Yeah. They after go- the second assassin gets murdered. Gets murdered. Go to Kitty's place, and she's hiding Richard Brooke. And oh my god, that reveal the first time I saw it was like, whoa! Like, like, that was so awesome. And, and just like, again, Andrew Scott's performance, amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, he's being such a little, little jerk here. I was so, the first time I saw this, I was so angry with him. Yeah. I, I mean, yes, he's a criminal mastermind. Yeah. But I was so, angry he's not playing fair yeah he's not playing fair he's lying about his identity he's using everyone around him to take down sherlock for him Mm -hmm. he's sitting back and watching it all you know fall fall apart or come together from his perspective Mm -hmm. he's doing what he does best he's being the consulting criminal he's you know the same way that he gives advice to criminals and makes their crimes happen he's not he doesn't actively have to do much no oh what a great not great, but terrible and great. Mm-hmm. He's amazing. Yeah. If I were a criminal, I would look up to him. Yeah. Look on my works, ye mighty in despair. Ozymandias. You know, it's like this grand, beautiful scheme that's coming together all at once. And there's just nowhere for Sherlock to escape. The oh. hopelessness is palpable. Yeah. And in this story, Sherlock uh, describes Moriarty as the Napoleon of all criminals. Yeah. Uh, I uh, thought that was a interesting comparison. It's a great uh, description of Andrew. Yeah, he he's a little, he's a little he's shorter a little guy. He's a genius tactician with a chip on his shoulder, mm-hmm. and uh, he he's absolutely painted Sherlock into a corner, and he's pushing everyone away, including John, um, because he's not entirely sure what to do, and also I think just to try to protect him a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then John and Mycroft have a face to face, where Mycroft reveals exactly how much he gave to uh, Moriarty while he was imprisoned. Which is uh, the answer to last week's question. Of why was he released at all? Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad they cleared that up. Yeah. Well, I mean, the only way that they were able to get him to talk at all was if Moriarty gave him a little bit about Sherlock, bit by bit. But Mycroft should have known at that point, better to cut your losses and throw this guy in a hole. Mm Mm-hmm rather than give him information that he could potentially use. And then why release him? Yeah. Was that ever explicitly said? Because they didn't have, they couldn't hold him. Mm. Yeah. And my thing is this, like, how bad is Sherlock and Mycroft's relationship for Mycroft to get to that point where he just tells all of Sherlock's flaws and secrets and indiscretions to Moriarty? Like, how bad is their relationship that maybe Mycroft did it out of spite? Maybe he just wanted to, like, no, rip Sherlock apart a little bit in that way. I Minecraft think, doesn't have spite. I don't think it was that. I think it's. I think Sherlock would have done the same thing. Mm-hmm. He, they they know what they have to do to get the result they want. 
they don't understand if it's hurting someone or if it could hurt someone. Or just that doesn't matter. Yeah. Doesn't matter that much. Mm-hmm. He obviously still cares about his brother, but the job comes first. England Came comes first. Came a little first. too late, though. I know. Yeah. Well, he, he could have done more. He probably helped, you know, fake the death. So at least that's something. He was definitely involved. Yeah. So at least that's something. Mm-hmm. But it's it's this really heartbreaking scene. And what a wonderful performance from Mark Gatiss showing that Mycroft does have remorse, that he is ashamed. That's surprising. It is surprising. And it's great to have that level of depth for the character. You yeah. know, when we first meet him, we thought that I thought that he was Moriarty the first time we meet him in the pilot. Yeah. You know, um, and the fact that he has depth, that he has humanity, um, and that he has more access to it than Sherlock does mm-hmm. is very important to the development of his character, especially as we moved forward into season three and got to see that even deepen a little further. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so John, you know, he returns to Sherlock and just a, is this before he talks to Molly or no? Uh, I think of this as, as John is talking to Mycroft, Sherlock, Sherlock visits Molly. Visits Molly. And he apologizes and he lets her know. Before. Yeah, he lets her know that he values her. And he needs her. And he needs her. Awesome. And I'm like, kiss. There was not going to be a kiss. That kiss. Was not gonna, wasn't going to happen. Kiss. But this moment, I mean, yeah, they, they should have kissed. But Sherlock, it showed Sherlock's vulnerability. Like, he realizes how deep he is into this investigation that he his career and his life can potentially be completely ruined. And then... You know, and having the the earlier encounter you know, didn't really turn out so well. And Sherlock, of course, was being really mean to Molly. So I think this was just his way of being like, I really am sorry, and now I really need your help. Yeah. I think you're both more, uh, have more faith in, in people than I do. That's probably true. I That's Probably true. Yes. Because I saw this and I thought my... Uh, understanding of this was Sherlock has figured out what's happening. He's figured out where it's going, what the only way it's going to end. Mm-hmm. And that the only person who can help him is Molly and Mycroft. But oh, okay. So you think that it's a pure cold calculation to get her to help him? Yes. And it, I mean, I'd say it's probably somewhere sincere. between the two. Uh, we've seen him cry on command. Yeah, no, he's he's got full control of his faculties. He can be very convincing when he wants to be. I'd like to think that there's a mix there. See, I think that's the that's where we differ in our yeah. perception of people. Uh, it's, it's very fair. So, uh, obviously, we're running a little low on time. We got to talk about the roof. We got to talk about the fall. John at the grave. Um, I love this this shot. This very wide angle shot as we pan around the roof and really give us a sense of place. Mm -hmm. This is an important location. This is a momentous moment for these two men. And uh, staying alive is brought back from uh, the top of the season where it was, uh, it was Moriarty's ringtone. Mm -hmm. And this is very much the final problem. The final problem is staying alive and how boring that is. And that we're just staying. It's just existing. How Mm -hmm. terrible, how disgusting. (laughs) And the one bit of fun, the one interesting thing that Moriarty has in his life, he had to break so that he could stay alive even further. Um, and I, words fail me for how great this scene is. Like just in terms of, in terms of just writing and sheer performance and really, really just giving it to us. This I- is everything that we wanted this meetup to be. I agree, and you can see the 
the emotional upheavals within both of the characters and how they kind of art in this particular season because you saw Sherlock he started off very concerned and then he got confident and then he got vulnerable and and then you can see um Moriarty's change of character that he started off confident and then went the other way so like I just like the emotional level of where they fit as people and like how they went against each other this whole season we saw the differences i really wish megan was here because i would love to hear her enthusiastic nerding out about this scene yeah i'm sure she's crushed that she's not here i agree yeah um but i just i love watching sherlock realize the hopelessness of his situation where every single time he's been able to pull out uh and a win at the last second. You know, mm-hmm. you think back to Scandal and Belgravia where he thought he had been bested and then was able to pull out a win against Irene. And it just, it just, the win doesn't come. You think that it's about to. Mm-hmm. He thinks that he's turned the tide when actually, no, he hasn't. And he has no choice but to jump. Well, right before that, when he makes Moriarty reali- realize that as long as Moriarty's alive, mm-hmm. Sherlock doesn't have to jump. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, you're right. He makes him realize that he can always tell the assassins not to kill everybody. Mm-hmm. And so Moriarty has to take his own life. Yeah. And that was the moment when that I was, was like, the shocker. Oh, mm-hmm. I was like, sure, that guy got you. And mm-hmm. then and then he jumps and then he jumps. And the the, the call to wa- to John and John realizing what's happening. That it's a suicide note. Yeah. Um, and like he's in, practically in tears mm-hmm. and we're all in tears. We're just a soup of mm-hmm. mess. And then he finally, he jumps and then all of a sudden, and then he's just gone. He's just gone, man. And we're, we're just like John. We're trying to process it. Mm-hmm. How could it have gotten, gone this far, gotten this bad? Everyone realizes what happened. Um, and that, you know, Sherlock wasn't a liar. Uh, or or do they? You no, know, the, the the articles. Are the article goes out. Suicide uh, of um. D- he's pushed. Yeah, he's pushed to the to the brink, and the media pounces on and believes the that story. he's a liar and that he's not a genius. That he did everything. Yeah. Um. And then John goes to the grave with Mrs. Hudson. Don't be dead. Don't be dead. Just don't One be more dead. One more miracle. Oh, that just doesn't that just break your heart? It just breaks your I, heart. I felt so bad for Watson because. At the very, very beginning of this episode, one of the first lines, or like the first line that John says when he's with his therapist, like, my best friend, Sherlock Holmes, is dead. And then we get that full circle at the end of this episode, and he's like, just please don't be dead. And it just shows how far their relationship has grown mm-hmm. and just where how devastated Watson is. Yeah. Uh, it's a really brutal ending. And then, you know, just bring us into the third season. I, I'm so, I'm so bummed. This is the last podcast for a while. And it's such a sad note. I to, know. It's such a sad note to go out on. Yeah. You know, I wish we'd almost had done it in order and then we could go out on, on season three, episode three, which we won't talk about. Spoilers. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, man. That is the Reichenbach fall. That is the Reichenbach fall. All right. I want to thank everyone for bearing with us, listening, downloading, watching, streaming uh, for this whole series we've done. It's, yeah. it's really amazing uh, the amount of people who have been tweeting at us and talking to us on, on iTunes, on YouTube. Mm-hmm. I want to thank everybody uh, for listening. Megan is not here. 
Um, but this is the last one for a while. So thank you for, for sitting with us. Thanks, it's been a great everybody. time. I had so much fun this series. I know. So yeah. did we. Um, just to let you know, again, you can find Megan Salinas on Twitter at the Menguin. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. Yale, where can the people find you? The people can find me online at yell.tv. That's Y-A-E-L.tv. Um, and on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Yell Teagle. That's Y-A-E-L-T-Y-G-I-E-L. Okay, Marissa. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at Serafini TV. That is S E R A F I N I T V. And then I also do Once Upon a Time, Once Upon a Time in Wonderland, Glee, Nashville, Parenthood. And I also do Anatomy of a Movie, which is we break down your favorite movies or the most recent movies. And it's a lot of fun. You should listen to it at anatomyofamovie.com. And then, you know, I'm always here at AfterBuzz. So even though Sherlock is over, doesn't mean worry. We are. You're absolutely right. Now, if you want to follow me on Twitter, which you probably do, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Matt Lieberman, M-A-T-T-L-I-E-B-E-R-M-A-N. You can also find me here on AfterBuzz TV all over the place doing the new Resurrection show starting Sunday, March 9th. Uh, I do uh, Lost Girl with Yell. Uh, Helix on Sci-Fi, Banshee on Cinemax, Justified, Cougar Town, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Almost Human. Um, I want to thank you all again for joining us this season. It's really been a great ride. And, uh, hey, get us to 75 ratings by March 1st. Get us there, and I will do everything that I can to get us some sweet, sweet exclusives for the fourth season. Uh, thanks again. Good night. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.